Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Well, we've been in this sermon series, this collection of teaching that we've called Keep the Change. And I got a question for you this morning. How many of you in this place today have something specific that you're needing God, you're wanting, you're looking to God to change in your life. You have something that you're hoping to change. Anybody in this place today? I want to encourage you this morning. Hope is good. Come on. Hope is of God. Hope is something that you need to hold on to, but I want to maybe challenge you this morning with this statement. Hope alone isn't enough. You need the habits that are going to help you to accomplish what you're hoping for. Does that make sense? And so hope alone isn't enough. Hope alone won't change your life, but your habits will. This morning, I want to talk to you about holy habits. I want to talk to you about the practices of change. And so as I uh, direct you to the scripture this morning, I want to compare and contrast two different individuals, two lives in which God had his hand upon these individuals, but they ended up at different destinations and they ended up at different places because of the habits in their life. I want you to turn in the book of Daniel chapter 6 and then also mark in your Bible and begin to be ready to turn there in the book of Judges chapter 16 verse 1. I want to talk to you this morning about the practices of change. As you're going there, I don't know if you've ever prayed this prayer. Maybe you have. I'm not sure. Um, but I have a guitar at home, an acoustic guitar. My wife just laughed because I don't yet know how to play the guitar, but I'm hoping one day I can play the guitar. The other day, my son, he had it out and he was playing with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, how's this going to end up? Um, And so I went over to the guitar. I picked up the guitar and just put it in my lap and began to pray. I said, God, I would really love to be able to play this guitar. I would love for you just to zap me right now and give me the ability just to play this guitar. And uh, I said, Amen. I believe it in Jesus' name. I took the guitar in my hand and I started to play. Bong, bong, bong. Didn't sound very good. You see, God could give me the ability to play that guitar. But how many of you know that God doesn't work that way? He wants us to learn by practicing. He wants us to accomplish what we've hoped for through practice. And this morning, I want to share with you this truth. If you want to change your life, change your habits. Hope alone will not change your life, but habits will. Let's go to the scripture this morning, Daniel 
chapter 6 and verse 10. Are you there this morning? Say amen. I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. It says this, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. That's important. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed, listen to this, three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. And then I want you to turn to the left over in the book of Judges. And by the way, if you want to follow along with our sermon this morning, you can follow through the Victory Church app and the notes will be there. But Judges chapter 16, uh, verse 1 says this, One day Samson went down to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. This morning, the title of my text and the subject of my sermon, once again, is the practices of change. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me in prayer? Father, thank you this morning for the privilege, the opportunity to together today to gather around your word and hear what you would have to say to us. Lord, as we come into this moment, Lord, we haven't just come to sing a song and attend a service or to hear a sermon, but we've come to hear from heaven. We've come to hear from you. Open up our hearts that we might receive your word, believe your word, and obey your word. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We began this collection of teachings called Keep the Change uh, three weeks ago. And we began by talking about the preparation for change. The preparation for change says this, without preparing to change, you won't experience lasting change. And so we talked about the importance of admitting our need to change, believing that change is possible because Jesus is able. We talked about the preparation of change, meaning that we need to acquire a desire to change. We need to stop all excuses. We need to take immediate action, and we may need to make a determination that we're never going back. Well, this past week, we talked about the path of change. And the path of change, the principle, the truth from the scripture is this. The path to changing what you do begins by changing what you think of you. And so today, as we go into this next teaching, we're talking about the practices or the habits of change. If we were to talk about our spiritual why of change, we would be uh, talking about our motivation, our motivation. Our motivation is not just behavior modification, but it's spiritual transformation. This is why we do what we do as followers of Jesus. I don't just want to change so that I can be on the beach and have a swimsuit and be ripped. No, I want to change. My motivation to change is because I want to honor God with the temple, with the body, the temple that God has given me of the Holy Spirit. I don't just want to change and just to have uh, flexibility in my finances. I don't want to just be prosperous, but I want to manage and steward resources and finances to the glory of God. This is my motivation 
for change. I don't just want to get along with my wife and have a good relationship with her, but I also, most importantly, want to lead my family spiritually to know Jesus, to honor God and bring glory to him always. And this is our spiritual why. It's why we do what we do. If you want to change, then you have to have something that is changed in your heart, not just on your hands, not just what you're doing, but who you are becoming. And so that's our spiritual motivation. That's our spiritual why. We talked about that. And then we also talked about our spiritual who. We talked about our identity and the fact that the path to changing what we do begins by changing what we think of ourselves or we think of who. And this is all about us becoming who God says that we are. Not just by adopting what other people say that we are, not just being who we think that we are, but allowing God through the scriptures to define who we are, whose we are, what we're living for and our values. We prioritize spiritual transformation, not behavior modification. We rediscover what God says about us and we reevaluate what matters to us. Today, as we've talked about our spiritual why, then we've talked about our spiritual who, today we're going to be talking about our spiritual what. Our spiritual what is the habits or the practices that we employ to help us to become who God says we are. Because hope is good. Hope is of God. But hope alone isn't enough to change. We need the habits in our life to bring about lasting change. So based upon who you want to become, what habits do you need to begin and what habits do you need to break? This is my question for you today. And to change your life, if you want to change your life, you must change your habits. Here's my first point if you're taking notes today. If you want to change your life, become, listen to this, become by daily habits. Become. The habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Can I tell you this? Who you are today is a result of your habits from yesterday. And who you are becoming will be, depend on the habits that you employ, that you put into practice today. A habit is this, as defined in the dictionary, a usual or daily way of behaving. Something that a person does often in a regular and repeated way. You see, as followers of Jesus, our what, what we do, the things that we do, should be motivated by our why. It should be motivated by why uh, we exist and who we want to be. Our why, as followers of Jesus, is to become more like Jesus, right? And so what we do is informed by who we are and why we are. It should be motivated by our why. And so our why is not, our goals are not just be becoming so I can get more, so I can accumulate more, so I can change what I'm doing. My why is to become more like Jesus. And this is what motivates what I do. This is what inspires my habits. And these habits, they must be daily habits. By definition, a habit is something that you do daily. But the busyness of our daily schedule can compromise our daily habits. 
This is my personal backpack. Usually, it's a, my wife could tell you it's a lot more full than this. It's kind of like hard to zip up. It's hard to close. Um, in this backpack, I've got binders, and I've got books, and I've got computer. I've got things flowing out of here, meetings, agendas, and all these things. And oftentimes, when I leave the house, um, I've stuff, stuffed it full of so many things that sometimes it will not zip up, and my backpack will be open. And my wife will say, your books are going to fall out of your backpack. You need to zip up your backpack. I want you to think about your daily schedule as being like my backpack. All right? This represents your daily schedule. And you've got to prioritize and protect your schedule because out of your schedule, you're either going to adopt the right habits or you're going to be pressured by other people to adopt their priorities and their habits. So you have to protect your habits. And some of you, your life is overcrowded. Things are not clear, right? Your vision is clouded. You feel like everything is just falling out and you can't keep it all together because you've allowed other people to pack things into your schedule, into your life, and they put their pressures on you so that everything is, seems to be falling out of place and it's not in its proper order. What, what I want you to do today is reevaluate the things in your life that are on your daily schedule because holy habits, the godly habits that need to take place in order to get you to where you want to be, who you want to become, have to be reevaluated and prioritized according to who you want to become. So you have to zip up your backpack. How many of you guys have ever been like on an overseas vacation? When you get there at customs, they'll ask you a question. Did anybody help you pack your backpack? I want to warn you, you've got to protect your schedule because when you protect your schedule, you will protect your habits. You will protect those things that are most important and valuable to you. If you allow other people to pressure you into valuing what is important to them, that you will never prioritize what is going to be important to you, your daily habits. So zip up your backpack, protect and prioritize your daily habits. If you want to change your life, change your daily habits. How about that? The second thing I want you to write down is this, to change your life, not just are you to become who God wants you to be through daily habits, but I want you to change your life by beginning with holy habits. Begin with holy habits. Let's look at Daniel. And you might know the story. The context of this is that the people of God in 587 BC have been besieged by the Babylonian empire led by King Nebuchadnezzar. They took the people captive. They burned down the city and the temple with fire, and they led them as captives into a foreign land. They indoctrinated Daniel and the people there, the young leaders. They wanted them to uh, uh, in, in, incorporate their, their culture into the people of God, and they wanted them to be more like the Babylonians, and so they were looking at um, changing them from the inside out, right? And so Daniel gets there, and Daniel has convictions. He has things that he has valued and prioritized, things that he's living by, things that are important to him. I want to call these holy habits. How did Daniel set himself apart 
to be able to stare down the lions. You remember this, the story about the lions. Well, what was happening was that the king set out a decree, is, and it said this, that if anyone the next 30 days worships anyone besides the king, they're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And this is what the scripture says that Daniel did in this moment. He learned that the law had been signed, verse 10, we read this, and he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. What was it that set Daniel apart and gave him the faith to stare down the lions? Daniel's success happened not by accident, but it happened by habit. These were his holy habits. What did this one small, specific, holy habit do do to change the trajectory of his life and the life of all the people in this nation? Never underestimate the one small thing that God has asked you to do, the habit that you can employ today that can set the course to your destiny. Daniel was successful. It says this, In Daniel chapter 6, verse 28, So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. That one small, specific, holy habit shaped him and his power to say no to temptation, compromise, convenience, and comfort. What is, based upon the person that you want to become, what is that one specific thing, that habit that God is asking you to do, to begin and here's the problem, that holy habits or good habits are difficult to begin. And so for us, we avoid making changes because it's so difficult. It looks good. It sounds good. We want the results of the holy habits. We want to become the person that God has called us to be. But it's so difficult to get there. You see, the pain is now, but the payoff becomes later. And so let's, let's just talk about maybe the things that you want to change in your life and the people that will come to me and they say, well, Pastor Keith, I want to be more healthy. And so I've got to change my diet. I've got to be more physically fit. And they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, Pastor Keith, I've got to eat healthier. I, I'm, I'm wanting to... Um, you know, take out the sugar in my life or the carbs, and I'm wanting to exercise. I can tell you from personal experience because I told you that I'm on this new plan, this exercise plan to get healthier. My cholesterol is through the roof, and I'm getting ready to go to the doctor, back to the doctor soon. And so I've tried to employ some holy habits because I can tell you today that the holy habits are difficult to begin and they are difficult to keep. Why? Because the pain is now, but the payoff is later. And so you've got to step outside of the house and you've got to walk and you've got to sweat and you've got to run, right? And my feet hurt and my legs hurt and I don't want to do this and the pain is now. And I go and step on the scale at the end of the week and it doesn't reveal that I've lost any weight. The pain is now, but the payoff comes later. And so you've got to start somewhere. You've got to begin with holy habits because even though the pain is now, the payoff will come later when you experience health. It's a process, but we want the payoff now and we want 
to not have to deal with the pain later. We'll get to that in just a second. Maybe and perhaps you, you, you want to, um, your, your goal is not to become healthy, but you want to become more spiritually mature. And so in order to do that, you've got to set your alarm clock. But you don't like doing that because when you wake up in the morning, your normal habit is to hit the snooze button. Come on. And the pain of having to wake up now will produce the payoff of intimacy with God later. The pain of maybe uh, you know, not going to the lake or not going to the river or whatever and coming to church, maybe that's the pain of what you got now, but it's going to produce the payoff of hearing a word from God today that's going to instruct you, that's going to inspire you, that's going to help you to develop the holy habits to become who God has called you to be. Maybe your struggle is not these things, but maybe you want to become a better husband or a better wife. Well, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to put down your phone. You're going to have to become more engaged with your family. Maybe you're going to have to say no to that dopamine hit that you get when you pick up your phone, when you get an update on your Facebook or on your Twitter or your Instagram, and you're going to have to turn your phone off because that pain that you might experience now will produce a payoff of a greater relationship with your husband or wife later, or maybe your children later. It's sometimes not easy and convenient to put your kids to bed every night. We want to just send them, hey, go to bed, you're old enough. But what if you went into their room and you wanted to build a spiritual inheritance in there? That was your goal for them. And so you have to begin with holy habits today and you're going to go and pray with your son or your daughter at night before you put them to bed. There's going to be a payoff later for that. But maybe you're saying, God, I would love to lose 40 pounds. God, just zap me now. I'll hold my belt. And you can remove the weight right now. God, I'm ready. I believe it. I receive it. In Jesus' name, I got the faith of a mustard seed. You don't have the faith of a mustard seed. You got the faith of a Big Mac. And you know it. God doesn't work like that. Change is not something that God does in spite of us. Change is something that God does in and through us in partnership with us. What are the holy habits that you can begin today? I'm going to give you two ways um, that you can implement these holy habits. You can apply these holy habits. Number one, I want you to make them clear. I want you to make them obvious, right? Write them down. Create a plan. So maybe if your thing is you want to pray in the morning to develop a, a spiritual vibrancy, a relationship with God, and you've got to wake up in the morning, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, instead of uh, having um, your phone next to your nightstand, I want you to charge your phone downstairs. So the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning is not look on Facebook, but the first thing that you do in the morning is get your face in the book, the Bible. Come on, that was... I saw that on a meme somewhere, so I use that. But if you want to change your habits, you've got to make them clear. You've got to write that. You've got to have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan then life is just going to happen. When I was a kid's pastor, me and my wife, one of our favorite sayings was this. If you don't have a plan for these kids, they're going to have a plan for you. And you won't like their plan. So you better have a plan. 
So I want you to make it obvious. And the second thing that I want you to do, make it, write it down, make it obvious and clear. The second thing that I want you to do is to make it easy. Come on, you're not going to run a triathlon tomorrow. That might be your goal. You're not going to bench press 225 tomorrow. You're going to bench press 100 pounds today, right? Or you're going to walk for five minutes tomorrow. Or you're going to spend two minutes in God's presence. If you want to have a great prayer uh, life with your wife and you want to become closer together in, in spiritual disciplines, maybe you don't know how to begin or maybe you're not going to be able to pray these long prayers, but maybe you can begin to thank God for one thing. God, thank you for my kids. God, I thank you that I have a house. God, I thank you that I've got a job. Thank you that I've got a connect group. I want you to begin to make these habits both obvious and to make them easy. You see, you've got to walk before you can jog. And before you jog, you, you've, got to, you've got to walk before you jog. Before you run, you've got to be able to jog. And before you fly, you've got to be able to run. What is it today that you can begin that is both obvious and that is easy. And you can build on that. Do the first thing that you need to do. Sign up, right, for that class if you want to get the degree. Come on. Begin to, if you want that grade, begin to study today. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe it's not an hour. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Start small. The scripture says that this in Zephaniah, do not despise the day of small beginnings, for God loves to see the work accomplished. What one small, specific, holy habit can you begin with today? For Daniel, it was his prayer life. Just one little thing that became a big thing that impacted the world and impacts us today. And so, if you want to change your life, change your habits, become by daily habits. I want you to change your life by begin with holy habits. And finally, to change your life, I want you to break away from harmful habits. Break away from harmful habits. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. There was a man named Samson, incredibly talented, gifted, anointed, called by God to do great and mighty things. But he had weakness. He had harmful habits that had crept into his life. We see Daniel's success happened not by accident, by ha but by habit. But we see Samson's destruction happen not by accident, but by habit. Nobody wants their life to end in destruction. Nobody plans, right, to have to live paycheck to paycheck. Nobody sets out to have heart disease and to die at a young age. Nobody sets out to, have divorce, to experience divorce. Nobody sets out to ruin their life. But it starts out with one decision. It starts out with one step. It starts out with one harmful habit. We see this in the life of Samson, and let it be a warning to all of us. Samson's destruction did not just happen all of a sudden, but it was a journey of daily harmful habits that led him to his destruction. Don't believe me? Listen to this. The context of this passage in Judges chapter 16, verse 1, 
is that Samson's journey from Zorah, where he lived, was a 25-mile journey down to Gaza. Gaza was a stronghold of the Philistine um, empire, enemies of God. And so you have Samson here, called of God, anointed of God, talented, destined for greatness. But it starts by going down and he sees a prostitute, making one bad decision, making one small step, one harmful habit. That's how it began. His destruction was a journey of 25 miles. Listen to this. The equivalent of 56,250 steps. No one plans to ruin their life, but it all began with one bad decision, one wrong step, one harmful habit. And based on who you want to become, what habit do you need to break this morning? I want you to break harmful habits by doing a few things. I want you to be specific. I want you to define your harmful habit. What is it that's in your life that should not be there, that does not please God? What is that harmful habit that you know that God is even dealing with you about right now? Because if you cannot define it, you will not defeat it. You have to define it to be able to conquer it. Be specific. The second thing is I want you to, to change your habits, to remove and to break away from the harmful habits. I want you to first be specific. The second thing I want you to do is to remove the cue. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, psychologists will talk about the habit cycle. The habit cycle, it begins, right, with a cue. It's something that you see. It's something that you feel. It's something that you hear. If you go buy Krispy Kreme donuts and hot and ready is up and shut, that is a cue, right? If you, um, if you have an experience with substance abuse or alcohol abuse or whatever, it's that commercial or it's that place that you drive by. Or for those of you that want to eat healthier, maybe it's McDonald's, right? Or it's something like that. It's that cue. It's that thing that begins that creates um, a desire. So it's the cue and then it's the response. It's the action you take based upon the cue and then it's the reward. So if you see the donut, right? And you walk over into the break room and you eat half the donut, right? That's the response. And then the reward is the sugar rush that you get, the taste of the donut. And then it moves back up to cue. It's, it's, it's cue. It's response, it's reward. It's cue, response, reward. It's cue, response, reward. And I brought a little something to illustrate for you what this is like. A habit is nothing more than actually a cycle. It's a chain. And so it begins to start with a cue. It goes to response, and then it ends up with a reward. Cue, response, reward. And it goes in that pattern. It goes and it goes and it goes. And the next thing you know begins with one small decision, right? One small step. One harmful habit. And the next thing you know, you're getting wrapped up and you're more tangled up and you're more caught up 
and you can't break free and you can't become who God wants you to be, you're caught up in a harmful habit and it leads to your destruction. So today, break away from harmful habits. James chapter 1 verse 21 says this, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. James doesn't say deal with it. James doesn't say cope with it. He doesn't say excuse it or entertainment or entertain it. He says get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Well, how are we going to do that? He says submit to God. Submit to God. And accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. You are not helpless. You are not hopeless. You are not bound up that you cannot be set free. But you have the word of God that is planted in your heart. You've got the presence of God in your life. You've got the power of God that can set you free to break away from the harmful habits and become all that God has called you to be. So you have to in order to break the chains, you've got to remove the cue. If you want to change what you do, remove the cue. So for some of you, that means, that means um, maybe getting rid of an app on your phone. For some of you, you know, maybe that means um, getting your pantry clean of all the junk that's in your house that you won't be tempted by. For some of you, that might mean getting rid of the alarm clock beside your bed and putting it on the other side of the room, right? So you've got to remove the cue. You've got to be specific. You remove the cue. If you want to stop what you do, finally, I want you to do this. Interrupt the action. You have to adjust and eliminate the habit by changing the routine. Change how your life is ordered change your daily habits instead of you know when you going out to eat for dinner maybe do some meal preps throughout the week maybe you want to be more generous and more faithful to God in your giving you want to make a difference you want to be the type of person who is generous and making a difference what you do is this you set your budget and you give to God first and you trust him with the rest well I can't afford to do that pastor Keith God says, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain, right? Maybe your desire, <laughs> right, is to leave a spiritual inheritance in your children. So don't just let them go to bed by themselves. I talked about this. Go in there, read the Bible with them. Maybe you've got a teenager and you say to your teenager, look, we're going we're gonna to share you know, the scriptures together. We're going to do this U version uh, Bible plan or whatever, you know, and we're going to talk about it. Interrupt the action. Set your phone to have a reminder, you know, this is the time in which you've got to go and exercise. You've got to interrupt and adjust the habits that you're taking right now. Real quick, I'm going to give you five quick triggers or cues of temptation and I'm going to close. Number one, these are the kind of things you can remove. The places you go. Samson didn't sleep with a prostitute, listen to this, in his hometown. The places that you go, they matter. 
I've noticed that, you know, you're not going to come and get high. Well, at least most of you aren't. You're not going to come and get high at church, right? You're not going to go and um, you're not typically going to overeat, right, in the gym. But you're going to go to the buffet, right? And you're going to overeat there, right? So places, they matter. You can't go to some of the places that you used to go if you want to become who God's called you to become. The second thing that is a trigger of temptation, a common cue, is the time of day in which you usually do the wrong things at certain times. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're probably not going to look at pornography in the morning when you're doing your Bible devotion, right? It's going to be late at night when at the end of the day and you're tired and you feel weak and you just, you make excuses, right? So the times of the day, be careful of the places, the times, be, care of, uh, be careful of your moods and your moments. The, the, Somebody has come up with this thing, halt, right? The most, you are most vulnerable when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, and when you're tired. And some of y'all hungry and angry, which are hangry, right? And so y'all know y'all act out when you get hangry, okay? Be careful of your moods and the moments. The moments like when you have an argument with your wife. Or your wife has an argument with you and what does she do? Get on the first thing she does, get on her phone and, and call her friends and talk bad about you. No, this is a moment that you've got to be aware of, right? We're most prone to enter into a, ha a harmful habit through places, times, moods, moments. And finally, we're most prone to enter into harmful habits that lead us to destruction because of the people that we're around. Now listen. Your friends matter. They did this, I recently read this research where it was like they surveyed or they watched or they did a, 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 a you know, evaluation of, of 12,000 people over 30 years and come to find out that the people would become most like who they were around most often. So if you had, you know, friends that were healthy, then you yourself would be healthier. If you had friends that you know, were unhealthy, you would most likely be unhealthy. Scripture says this, this is nothing new. It says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. You see, the problem is that bad habits are difficult to break. Good habits are difficult to begin, but bad habits are difficult to break. Why? Because the payoff is now but the pain is later. So you might be able to have cereal, two bowls of cereal late at night, right? You might be able to um, enter into that inappropriate, you know, relationship with Amazon Prime and order all that stuff, but the bill is coming. Come on. If you're watching the pornography, if you're doing all that stuff, the bill is coming. You will not have intimacy with your wife. Come on. I know that ice cream and that chocolate taste a chocolate cake is really good right now but the doctor's report is coming believe me and people don't ruin their lives at once but but because of one bad decision one wrong step one harmful habit at a time the habits you have today will shape who you're becoming like tomorrow and so i have a question for you do you like the direction that your habits are taking you do you like the direction Break away from harmful habits. Begin with holy habits. Become by daily habits.
you would bow your head and your heart with me this morning. We're going to conclude here, but I want to tell you that there's bad news, and it's this, that all of us have harmful habits. We have broken areas in our life. We have things that we want to change. We're not who God has called us to be. The bad news is that Samson, he took 56,250 steps in the wrong direction. But hear this good news. The good news is that he had 56,250 chances to turn back to God. Today, you have a chance to turn back to God, to break the harmful habits, to break the power of addiction, to break the power of sin, to break the power of brokenness over your life today. Jesus said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. Jesus loves you and he's incredibly gracious. He came for people with bad habits. He came for people like me and you. He came for the broken, not those who had it all together. He came for the sinners, not the righteous. He came for the sick, not the whole, not the healed. He came for people like me and you. He became sin for us and he died in our place. And God raised him from the grave so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord could be forgiven, so that they could be transformed, so they could be completely saved and changed. There's no harmful habit that's too great that God's grace cannot change it. Because through faith in Jesus, the power of God in you is stronger than the harmful habits in you. You can overcome. Make a decision today with God's help. I'm going to change my life today. I'm going to become by daily habits. I'm going to begin with holy habits. And I'm going to break away from harmful habits today. And see, the bad news is that the scripture says that all of us, every single one of us, has sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is the harmful habit cycle that perpetuates and leads you to destruction. But today, can I tell you something? That putting your faith in Jesus can remove the cue. It can break the chains. It can set you free. It can set you on a new path, on a new direction. It can set you on a path that you have power living on the inside of you to live the life that God has called you to. You can put in the practices of change today. You don't just have to have hope alone, but you can have the habits that will lead you to prosperity that will lead you to success, that will lead you to become who God has called you to become today. Can I tell you that today? And it's incredibly good news. Jesus is a chain breaker. He's an emancipator. He's a liberator. And that thing that has been holding you, that's been keeping you captive, that thing that you feel like you're stuck to, that you're chained to, that you can't break free from, today is the day that you let Jesus set you free and you say, God, I'm putting forth in place today holy habits that will lead me to a place of becoming all that you've called me to be. You have come to set me free. And if the sun sets me free, I shall be free indeed. And so today, Lord, set free the captives. Everyone in this place that is captive through an unholy habit or through a destructive thought pattern 
or through a thing that keeps them stuck in a position where they feel like that there's no hope, that they feel like they can't move out, they're stuck in a rut. God, would you today just reveal yourself to each one, each individual in their own special way, Lord. Let them know, God, that you are with them and with when you're with them, Lord, that nothing is going to be impossible for them because you have the power to change each and every life today. And so what we want to do this morning is make a dedication to recommit ourselves today to the Lord. If you would just stand up on your feet with me. Put your hand over your heart today. And maybe you need to make a decision today to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe today um, you need to come back to Jesus, right? You know your sin separates you from God. The bad news is that we cannot get our own righteousness and our own ability. We can't please God in our own strength and our own power, the things that we do. We fall again and again. We fall short of God's standard, is what the scripture says. We can't please God, so we need help. But the good news is this, that God loved us, that he bridged the gap that separated us from God because of our sins. And if we would confess our sins, we would call upon the name of the Lord, that he would forgive our sins cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? And give us his righteousness or his right standing with God in exchange for our sinfulness. Scripture says, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so today, Lord, thank you that you've come to set us free. As we have our hand over our heart, Lord, we take that other hand in the air this morning, Lord, and we're pledging allegiance not to a flag, not to a country, not to a church, but we're pledging allegiance to Jesus today. Come Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.